RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. John Lee says his chief executive campaign won't be silenced, despite his YouTube channel falling victim to US sanctions. A DJ and activist becomes the first person jailed for sedition in the post-handover era. And Covid cases show a small rise, but officials are confident the situation remains stable. Chief Executive Candidate John Lee has strongly criticised Google's decision to take down his YouTube channel, but stressed the move won't affect his campaign. Google says the decision is a result of US sanctions against the former Chief Secretary and Security Minister. Mr Lee says the move is disappointing, but stressed that he had many other ways to keep in touch with the public. The so-called sanctions against me are unreasonable, oppressive, and are intended to exert pressure on me to make me doubt myself. But I have stressed many times that their unreasonable acts only make me more convinced that what I'm doing is right. Therefore, I won't pay their sanctions any mind. It's not worth my attention. Former People Power Vice Chairman Tan Tak Chi has been sentenced to more than three years in prison after being found guilty of seven counts of sedition. He's the first person to stand trial and be convicted under the colonial era sedition law since the 1997 handover. Francis Sitt reports. Tam Takchi was found guilty last month of chanting seditious slogans on several occasions from January to July 2020, including Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times, a phrase that was ruled to be capable of inciting others to commit secession in Hong Kong's first national security trial. The 50-year-old DJ and activist was also convicted on four public order charges, including holding an unauthorized assembly and disorderly conduct in a public place. His lawyers have pleaded for a lenient sentence, saying Tam had never advocated violence and was only using extreme remarks to express his emotions. But District Court Judge Stanley Chan said a deterrent sentence was needed because some of the offences were committed after the national security law came into force and while Tam was out on bail. The judge, appointed by the chief executive to handle national security cases, also stressed that the court has to consider the social and political reality at the time. He noted that the offences happened just after the violence that erupted during the protest of 2019. In mitigation, the defence argued that Tam had a genuine ideology and cited his background in theology. But Josh Chan read up parts of the activist's speeches and said he could see no ideology. He described Tam's words as merely boundless abuses from a 50-year-old uneducated man. The judge then sentenced him to 40 months in jail and to pay a fine of $5,000. The activist has been detained since he was arrested in September 2020. Health officials have reported 668 new COVID infections, a slight rise from the 600 cases logged yesterday. 13 of the cases were imported and another 10 patients infected with COVID have died. The increase comes ahead of the relaxation of several social distancing measures tomorrow. But Dr Albert Au from the Centre for Health Protection says infections have remained stable in the past few days. So far, we do not see an obvious trend of upsurge, but we will closely monitor because the Easter holiday has just ended. So we need to observe for a few days or even a week to see if there is any possibility of upsurge. Health officials say they're deploying more people to a hotline handling inquiries on the government's new registration system for recovered COVID patients.
People who register are issued with a QR code that exempts them from using a vaccine pass for six months. Dr Ao says officials are aware that some people have been unable to get the QR code. If people, they have been tested positive, but they have problems in getting the recovery QR code, they can either dial our hotline so that we can assess the situation and see if we can help them, or they can also send an email to us. We noticed that there are quite many people are using this hotline, so we are increasing our manpower so that we can handle the inquiries within a short time. And the weather, mainly cloudy, one or two showers at first tomorrow, sunny periods during the day. Temperatures will range between 21 and 26 degrees, moderate easterly winds. The outlook, there are going to be sunny periods on Friday. It'll be hot during the day in the coming few days. A few showers early to midweek next week. Temperature now at the observatory, 22 degrees, humidity 78%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Chief Eric Zung has downplayed concerns over the record low turnout rate for December's Legislative Council election. Just over 30% of registered voters turned out in the first poll under a revamped electoral system. Speaking at a virtual LegCo meeting, Mr Zung said people should not simply look at the raw figures. Personally, I don't think the turnout rate is particularly low. When we look at the so-called higher voter turnout previously, we shouldn't forget that it was a time when society was at its most divided and experiencing its darkest time, with violence raging across the city and many anti-China disruptors had attempted to enter the legislature or even the establishment. Were all these beneficial to Hong Kong's long-term development? I think everyone knows the answer. A company that provides COVID testing in the SAR has apologised after failing to send results to almost 500 people, including 25 who had contracted the virus. Prenetics said the problem was a result of errors by staff who failed to upload the results at a time when the company was dealing with a backlog of samples in late February. The company says it reported the positive cases to the Department of Health early last month and revealed the incident to the hospital authority last week. Prenetics says it's in touch with the people involved and is thoroughly investigating. An environmental group has urged the next chief executive to prioritise converting commercial vehicles such as buses to zero emissions to protect people's health. A survey of 1,000 people commissioned by the Clean Air Network found that 72% support the transition of all franchise buses to zero emission. Around half of respondents said they hoped at least half of Hong Kong's bus fleet would go electric by 2030. Patrick Fung is the group's CEO. Over the past decade of the government effort to try to make transition or to do trials of electric bus, under 1% of the franchise bus are actually electric. Not to mention most of these 40 electric buses are actually single-decker which are not enough to carry all the commuters or to fulfill the transport demand in Hong Kong, no matter its peak hours or not. The administration is proposing to double the levy on plastic bags to $1 and plans to table a bill to LegCo as soon as late June. Last week, government advisers proposed raising the levy from $0.50 to $1 or $2. Damon Pang reports. In papers submitted to the legislature, the Environmental Bureau says that, for start, it wants to double the plastic bag levy to make it more effective. It also proposes to cancel an exemption for frozen food items. It says people can still get exempted for takeaways, but for one bag only. 
The government said that when the levy was first introduced in 2015, the number of plastic bags thrown away fell by a quarter, but that rebounded in subsequent years. Meanwhile, the bureau says it hopes to implement a household wage charging plan in the second half of next year. Shanghai has confirmed seven more COVID-related fatalities, raising the death toll from the current outbreak in the city to 17. But officials also reported no new cases of the virus outside quarantine areas in two districts, raising hopes that the tide is turning in its battle against the epidemic. Kenny Hoggart has the details. The new deaths were reported as Shanghai logged more than 18,000 new local infections. Just over 16,400 were asymptomatic, down almost 1,000 from Tuesday. Symptomatic cases fell by over 500 to 2,494. Stringent lockdown measures enforced after the Omicron-driven outbreak began in early March have left the city's 25 million residents struggling with a loss of income, irregular food supply, separation of families and poor quarantine conditions. Shanghai health official Wu Chan-Yu tried to lift the mood with an encouraging situation report during the daily news briefing. The number of infections in Shanghai is seeing a downward trend. The number of infections in places that have been reporting more than 100 daily cases have dropped for three consecutive days, and the virus transmission in the community has been brought under control. While over 16 million people are still not allowed to leave their flats or housing compounds, Ms Wu said nearly 8 million can now return to work or walk outside, an increase of 2 million from last week. But Shanghai still accounted for the bulk of COVID cases reported on the mainland. The National Health Commission confirmed a total of more than 19,800 new infections. 133 symptomatic cases were from northeastern Jilin, while Guangdong reported 14. Overseas, a Ukrainian marine commander in the besieged port of Mariupol has issued a desperate appeal to world leaders to extract his fellow soldiers and civilians trapped in a steelworks there, saying they were probably facing their last days or hours. In a video address, Major Sehai Volnya said they would not surrender to the Russian forces. This is our appeal to the world. This could be the last appeal of our lives. We are probably facing our last days, if not hours. The enemy is outnumbering us ten to one. They have advantage in the air, in artillery, in their forces on land, in equipment and in tanks. We appeal and plead to all world leaders to help us. We ask them to use the procedure of extraction and take us to the territory of a third-party state. All of us, Mariupol military battalion of soldiers, more than 500 wounded and hundreds of civilians, including women and children. The election commission in the Philippines has thrown out the latest petition seeking to block the son of the former dictator, Ferdinand Marcos, from running for president. The case had argued that Ferdinand Marcos Jr. should be disqualified for failing to file tax returns. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. With this verdict, a family whose name was once a byword for greed and corruption is on the cusp of a remarkable political comeback. Opinion polls over the past month have consistently put Bonbon Marcos well ahead of his rivals, despite complaints that his family has never accounted for the abuses under his father's dictatorship in the 1970s and 80s, nor returned much of the wealth they're accused of plundering. That Mr Marcos failed to pay taxes on the estate he inherited on his father's death more than 30 years ago has been confirmed by repeated court verdicts. 
but the Election Commission ruled that this did not amount to deliberate tax evasion and so could not be grounds for disqualifying him. Scientists in Britain say they've identified bacteria that appears to be linked to aggressive prostate cancer. Researchers took tissue and urine samples from more than 600 male patients with and without the disease. They found that five types of bacteria in urine were linked to the most rapid progression of the cancer. Dr Rachel Hurst from the University of East Anglia is part of the team behind the discovery. What we aim to do now is to develop tests to detect these bacteria in patient samples early, used as a screening tool, and then that would help to direct in the future earlier treatment options for those men who have these bacteria present and also for the men that don't have these bacteria present and that's an indication that it's less likely to be aggressive cancer so that they could then have a different treatment option. Venice is about to become the first city in the world to regulate visitor flows. People who are not staying within the city will have to make a reservation to visit and from next year will pay an entry fee. The city's deputy mayor, Simone Venturini, says the scheme will run for a trial period. Covid changed feelings and perception of what tourism is in the world and in Venice too. So we want less quantity and more quality. We will have an experimental phase starting this summer by the booking of the visits. Sport now. Manchester City will be trying to retake the lead in the Premier League when they host Brighton in the next few hours. City are two points behind Liverpool with the match in hand after the Reds demolished Manchester United 4-0. Mo Salah led the way with a brace to the delight of his manager, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, you want the offensive players to, to, to score, it's clear. Um, and in this case now, I know with um, all the, the 500 goals, which Mo scored pretty much for us since he's here, nobody thinks about them anymore when you don't, when you don't score for a few weeks. But he was super calm about it and um, so set up the first one um, sensationally. And um, so they all deserved it and Mo deserved it tonight. Tonight's other big match has implications for the Champions League spots with third-place Chelsea welcoming Arsenal, who are fifth. In the NBA playoffs, New Orleans Pelicans shocked top-ranked Phoenix Suns in Game 2 of their first-round series. Brandon Ingram scored 37 points as his Pelicans shot down the Suns 125-114. The best-of-seven series is tied at one each. Elsewhere, Memphis routed Minnesota Timberwolves 124-96 to level their series. A reminder of our top stories tonight... John Lee says his chief executive campaign won't be silenced despite his YouTube channel falling victim to US sanctions. A DJ and activist becomes the first person jailed for sedition in the post-handover era and Covid cases show a small rise but officials are confident the situation remains stable. The news from RTHK. You're listening to Peter King. RTHK Radio 3 
Gustav Holst's Planet Suite, uh, that's from Jupiter, by the way, and from Man's Earth Band, and a track there called Joybringer from around the mid-70s. Into our second hour this Wednesday night here in Hong Kong. Don't know what time of day it is or night where you are, but if you want to be in touch for a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. Here's Randy Crawford. 